Hi, everyone, and welcome to Astavision. My next guest is Kelly Gordon. She's creative director at Hot Octopus. We'll go into that later. She's co-founder of With Not For, and she is the host of Pleasure Rebels podcast. Welcome, Kelly. Hi, you okay? I'm good, thank you. Are you? Yeah, really good, thank you. Oh, it's so we're great just, to like, have we're you just chatting before the show. So. Huh? Yeah, no, thank you. Super busy morning, but we're getting there. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, we. I'll try not to drag on, but I'm so excited to have you on. No, really definitely. Excited. I'm so excited to be here, so don't worry. I'll, I'll spend as long as you want. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yay. Um, I just want to... I want to get to know Kelly, really, because um, I, I want to start with you, your early days and how you grew up. So please tell me in, in you know, obviously not, it's, it's a lot of years, but in a cut down version of who is Kelly Gordon from from the beginning, really? Oh, God. Yeah, that's a difficult question. <laughs> um, so I've got SMA, so I was born disabled. Um, I kind of just lived like a mainstream life, really. That's a weird thing to say. But, um, you know, my parents had, had no exposure to disability prior to, obviously, me being born. Um, they actually found out that I was disabled at the same time they found out my brother was disabled because um, there's only two years roughly two years between us. So there wasn't really any signs of, you know, um, I mean, I was walking by the time I was one, believe it or not. Um, oh <laughs> so I had no inkling really. Um, so then, yeah, double whammy. I found out that we both had SMA at the same time. Um, so from there, really, like I said, they'd never been exposed to disability before. My dad was a professional footballer, very like obviously athletic family and everything. Um, but, my mum was a stay-at-home mom. Obviously, she had us the majority of the time by herself. So big shocker. But also, you know, they obviously did a good job because me and my brother turned out all right, I think. <laughs> I'd say. When, um, for anyone who doesn't know what SMA is, just explain that. Definitely. So it's spinal muscular atrophy. Um, I've got type 3, um, which is the mildest type, I suppose you might say. Um, some babies that are born with type 1, especially before treatment, they wouldn't normally survive for very long um, due to, you know, problems with breathing function and, you know, all of the muscles really swallowing the heart. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've got type 3 um, and that just affects me now really mainly through the strength of, of my legs, really. Um, my arm strength is is not sort of, I suppose, what you'd say non-disabled person's arm strength would be. But, um, you know, I try and try and keep it at bay, try and go to the gym a little bit and see if I can, you know, keep what I've got going for as long as possible. Um, but it is a progressive condition. So I was walking until I was around 10 or 11. I was going to um, ask you, yeah, when, when, it, when it actually kicked in, like when you yeah. So when I say walking, like it wasn't you know, it wasn't how all my other peers were walking in terms of, you know, running around, playing tag, whatever. It was, you know, walking in my own adapted way, I guess. Um, but I was so de like, so determined not to lose my walking ability. Um, like I said, my parents didn't have any exposure to disability. I didn't have any exposure to disability. So I kind of had my own internalized ableism where I thought, 
disability is not good. I don't want to look disabled. And that was my own naivety, really, at the time. Um, But obviously, being an 11 year old going into high school and thinking, oh, my God, I'm going to be using an electric wheelchair for the first time. To me, it was pretty daunting because I hadn't hadn't seen anybody else that was disabled ever, um, you know, and it made me think I just want to be I just want to fade to the background I don't want to be I don't want to be different and I think you know that's the thing with kids like especially going into big environments with a lot of other kids you kind of just want to be the same as everybody else so um yeah progress from there really so how you were use the word ableism and I've heard it getting knocked around a lot more lately and people are really waving the ableism kind of flag you know what what's your take on ableism because I, I i just find it personally as me with a disability i find it sometimes if i bash about the ableism word too much then it almost kind of i feel anyway that it kind of ostracizes someone with a disability and says hey you're always fighting this kind of you know this word i don't yeah, I agree with what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. I think for me, I always I feel comfortable looking at it from a perspective of my own internal like ableism and, and thinking, oh my God, I can't believe that I thought that about myself. I can't believe that I wasn't exposed to this. You know, I I, I didn't ever have any visibility on any of the disabled people. Um, but when it comes to others, I do try and avoid it because, you know, unless something's a real injustice and then I will kind of, you know, obviously yeah. say something. Um, but I've stopped taking press opportunities about, about negativity and disability because it just doesn't get us anywhere. You know, I get a million people a day email me and ask if I've ever been not allowed onto a bus because there was another a pram on there or a wheelchair on there or, you know, um, or can you, did you ever go to a nightclub and you couldn't get in? Well, yeah, but do I want to spend the rest of my life talking about it? No, I'll build my own goddamn nightclub. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, because I don't know. I just I, the way I feel anyway. I, I just you start to get labelled as a moaner, like I'm like yeah. uh, we're not on that level, are we? But any m- moving on from you, you've obviously achieved so much as well. Tell me about um, with not for because that's that's really to me. I don't want to use the word inspiring because that's another word like ableism, but it is inspiring and I like it. You know, I like the idea. Yeah, for sure. So with Not Four, we actually started in lockdown 2020, which was a stupid time to start a business. Um, but we all had time on our hands, so hey, why not? Um, so Emma Gardner, my co-founder, like she's one of those people that you just meet and you just like click with immediately. We spent, I think we were we were actually having a Zoom call about um, me writing a piece for her magazine. Um we just from there spent about an hour on the phone just talking about all of our ideas, talking about um, she has a disabled daughter and she's like obviously wanting her daughter to be able to have a level playing field when she goes into the world of work. I talked a bit about my experience of getting into work and, you know, um, the, the kind of attitudes that I faced at the time as a young, I was probably 17 when I started my journey into work um, and from there with not four was born really it was literally as quick as that like I think we booked a call for the next week and then the next week after that and it just carried on to the point obviously we registered as a limited company um, and we've got some really good clients like we've worked on some big jobs and 
we're so proud of it because we've all got other positions as well um but it's growing at a rapid pace so just being able to place people with the likes of hsbc um on on big projects you know for some some big brands illustrative projects um, and and show that disabled people are forward thinking they're creative they're problem solving and get some really good staff across to these companies and they're kind of like wow it's a bit of a light bulb moment for them because I think there's so much negativity around disability in the workplace people think oh sick pay oh too much time off doctor's appointments and that's just not the case especially in this world now post-covid where we can all be flexible finally (laughs) well people just i don't know employers probably automatically think as well that it's going to cost them a fortune yeah there are things like access to work out there aren't there so it doesn't really the burden burden you know i say burden it doesn't really fall on them does it you know i think that's it and i think it's as well time they're thinking oh well you know I haven't got time to to apply for an access to work grant and it's like well there's companies out there like us that will fight to get people employed and we'll make sure that they've got all the tools that they need when they're there um so it's just explaining that and kind of getting people to understand it but I still think sometimes it can be an uphill battle for sure oh it's so awesome you you need more people like you that's incredible um when did how did you come up with the name with Not For? Emma actually came up with the name. Um, so it means basically we're working with disabled people, not for them. So, for example, you know, um, there's so much of it going around at the minute with this inclusivity agenda where people are like, oh, we're making this product for disabled people, but they never ask a disabled person what they actually need. <laughs> They're like, if I was disabled, I think I'd need. And it's like, no. There's a load of disabled people out there that would love to talk to your brand and, you know, share their experience and actually get a product that might suit them and work for them in some way. So just make like start the exploration. So we're very obviously conscious that we want to work with disabled people to get them employed. We want to work with employers and free like, you know, people that want to employ freelance talent um, to make these projects work. And there has been time where we've times where we've been on big projects and we've just turned them down or we've given a real honest feedback and sometimes these employers just aren't ready because I think they know the world of disability so well um to the point sometimes that they will say no this disabled person's wrong I'm right and it's like hang on what (laughs) oh my goodness yeah I can see that's a minefield isn't it yeah it is but I think the point is like we are always open to stand up and say no this is like an injustice this is wrong um and then you know if you're still going ahead that way then just cut our name out we don't want to be associated with this love it love it ruthless i love it yeah now, you have to. <laughs> transitioning from with not for to hot octopus now everyone's got a vision of what the hell is hot octopus but if you don't know what octopus is, hot octopus is, go online and have a look. But Kelly, what do you do at Hot Octopus and what is it? <laughs> so a Hot Octopus is a cutting edge uh, sex tech company and we make sex toys, sex tech devices um, for the world <laughs> and I am creative director there. So basically my position is 
everything that you see that's front facing, you know, brand, marketing, um, you know, arranging photo shoots, video shoots, thinking of new creative ideation, like it's kind of all encompassing, um, a bit of everything actually. I've kind of, I'm always, I've always been uh, one of these people that once you're in a business, you just got to know everything and you've got to have visibility of everything and you've got to be across every project to my own detriment. But that's kind of me in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's good. I mean, I, I, what, how do you find that? Because obviously I've, I've done the whole sex and disability thing since 2007. But how do you find attitudes have changed towards sex and disability? I mean, unfortunately, it is a taboo subject and I think it still is. But from your perspective, being creative at Hot Octopus, how has that, how has that, do you think, evolved since you've been involved with that? I think we've seen some change for sure. I think even just comparing like one Nidex, which is the disability convention for those listeners that don't know, um, to the next, like we've been obviously one year apart from each. The first year we were there, I mean, like the way people some people were acting it was like the posters we had up god knows what could have been on them because they were walking past like this with their hands to their eye and oh and you were thinking like so i made these um boards to go around our booth and it was like the the beautiful photos that we had done for our disability and sex photo shoot so um holly madit she's an absolutely gorgeous blonde she's got a leg amputation um and it says i like porn or i watch porn and then there's me and it's like society needs to understand that i'm a sexual person and then there's echo and carly who were like an absolutely gorgeous model couple both wheelchair users um and i can't remember what theirs says but it's all got statements basically about what you like sexually or you know the fact that you watch porn or whatever it might be and these people were treating it like I, like I said, I couldn't even compare what they're treating it like because they're walking up with their hands on their eyes and, and acting offended. And I was so, so shocked by that, that society, you know, I'm sure if we had a ton of page three models on there, um, people would be googling <laughs> yeah, yeah. maybe, I don't know. Um, it, it, it's interesting, isn't it? Because you, you've got a family, haven't you? You've got kids. I've got two boys, yeah. Oh, oh. So you can actually have sex as a person with a disability? No way. No way. Exactly, exactly. Oh, my God. (laughs) That's how people treat you. And the thing is as well, like like you said, having the two boys throughout pregnancy, hospital appointments, it's all new, like, for me, but also for them. They treat you like it's all awkward the way they treat you. It's because they're so shocked to see a disabled person that's pregnant um, and needs care. It, it's like they're, they're literally like, why are you here? I can't deal with this. So I've got to say an awkward comment about how fast you drive or how you reverse into a space or honestly. And it's just too much. Like on those big days of your life, I think the last thing you want is that you know, your disability being pointed out or having to deal with these jokes that we have to deal with all the while. Do you mean from the medical team? Yeah, from, like, the nurses. Yeah. Um, Like, the 
you know, the people that do the scans, the people that take your blood pressure. And instead of asking the normal questions that you get, like, you know, how many weeks are you? Do you know if it's a boy or a girl? Like all that kind of thing. It's, um, oh, what what happened to you? Or, or why are you in a wheelchair then? Or it's wow. never, you don't get that rite of passage because it's taken away by these kind of awkward questions or nosy questions. Do you think that comes from, they they haven't, like you say, they haven't actually dealt with maybe a disabled person that's pregnant it's like is it is it a first to them I'm surprised like I know what what year did you have your kids so I had Mason in 2017 and Hunter in 2020 he was a lockdown baby so no that's not even like in the 1980s or 70s like the 21st century I'm really surprised it is surprising um I just think, yeah, it's a general lack of education around yeah. it. They probably don't have any, you know, training. Um, and also I think the fact it's a hospital environment, like without any outside training or any exposure to disability, pregnancy, sex, they're, they're kind of conditioned to think, hospital, fix the problem. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think that they see a disabled person sometimes and think maybe, you know, oh, that's a medical issue. I need to know everything about it, even though it's not completely relevant to somebody just testing your urine. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, I went into hospital once and they said to me, oh, we don't actually know how to use the hoist. Mm. I was like, are you for real? Like, <laughs> have you not had any training? Like, it's just, it's shocking, isn't it? But yeah. um, I, I guess moving on from that, from Hot Octopus, um, by the way, if like I said before, if you haven't seen Hot Octopus, please Google it because it's amazing. But um, Pleasure Rebels podcast, I mean, this that's an outlet for you to talk about this subject, isn't it, really? Yeah, definitely. So Pleasure Rebels has really evolved. So we've got 50, I think we've actually got 51, including the intro episode, episodes out there at the moment. Um we're working on season two for hopefully the start of next year. Um, basically, it, it it's really morphed because it started off that I would just talk to so many people about different types of sex, you know, the way they have sex, the things they find sexy. But then as it grew, I was just exploring other guests and I'd, I'd look into things like dating, but then we looked into things like relationship trauma, um, periods. Like, it just, it, it really just went from, like, sex kinky sex jokey things to some of the episodes yeah we we're all about that and we'll you know talk about blowjob tips or we'll talk about sex toys or we'll talk about whatever but then some of the episodes ended up being really deep and I really like that light and shade of it so that's what I'd aim to keep for season two is that we can have these like really important conversations and help people understand how to process their sexuality um also like their mental health really and and the way that they function um that kind of stuff really interests me so yeah god knows what season two is going to look like we'll have to see now (laughs) (laughs) and is that tied into hot octopus now your creative director with them yeah so pleasure rebels was always hot octopus's show um they just kind of gave it to me and said do you know what host it interview who you want Hot Octopus is the best company to work for because there's no red tape like any idea is a good idea as long as you're proactive productive and like you can make things work they're so open to to everybody in that company which is 
I could never work for a company that wasn't because I am a loose cannon. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I absolutely love it. And yeah, so I started doing it for them. And like I said, it just, it just grew and morphed. And, and now, yeah, Hot Octopus is the full owner of that. And they're still letting me go absolutely crazy with it, which is good. (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. Um, I was on your Instagram uh, not so long ago and I saw this big burly man making knives and that that's your partner isn't it that's my partner yeah incredible how did you guys meet oh my god tinder oh yeah really classic tinder yeah (laughs) so we met because basically I was just looking for hookups because I'd come out of a really long-term well marriage um and I didn't want anything serious, very understandably. Um, and obviously, I had Mason, my first son. So I didn't want to get anybody around him or or whatever. Yeah. It was just all a bit soon for me. Um, so I was chatting to Josh and I would make it very clear, like, about my situation, but also about the fact, you know, that I wanted to to have hookups and stuff. And he was the opposite. He was like, oh, I really like you. I want to get in a relationship with you. And I was just like, it's not really going to happen. Um, but anyway, like, I think what happened there was the more he was supportive to me and the more he was persistent, the more I started to like him as a relationship kind of idea. Where, whereas before it was, I was just looking for the hottest guy to bang. <laughs> Um, it then quickly turned into okay I actually like having this like supportive person who's a different type of person to what I'm used to as well um I've never I never had experienced a guy that was like so sensitive to to feelings um like his own feelings but I suppose empathetic to me and the things that I needed to function as a single mom um and a working mom and you know how I was you know how I still am in terms of putting other people first he's he's my kind of rock to make sure that I'm looked after and I don't think I knew I needed that until I actually found it and then it quickly turned from a bang to a relationship to an engagement to another baby to this is where we are now to making knives (laughs) making knives that's amazing I think I've, I've said this before I think but I think me and Kelly are like the opposite to each other, like male. I'm, Kelly's the male version of me, and I'm the male <laughs> version of Kelly. Like, because we we kind of run parallel to these things. And my partner as well is is, is everything you just said. Like, and, and yeah. before I was just into banging as well. So, oh my god, I can't believe how similar we are. But, um, <laughs> but I, I think you're. I'm not going to use the word inspirational, although. That's been knocking around as well. People have been knocking the inspiration word, but I actually think there's no harm in really saying it if you actually feel it for someone. Yeah. So I think you're you, you inspire me, and I think you're really cool. And 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 please, please keep doing what you're doing for people with disabilities and and broadening other people's minds as well, because you're just you're just really shit hot at it. <laughs> oh thank you thank yeah. you I'm enjoying it and I don't know I feel like I'm making waves now whereas you know before it's it's hard out there like even to get people there's so many people so many opinions to make your little dent is so hard and I feel like 
finally, I'm maybe just starting to make a little dent and I want to keep pushing that now and see see where I get to. <laughs> you're not making a dent, Kelly. You're making a, a big dent. Big, big dent. Oh, okay, cool. I'm going to do it. Yeah, <laughs> I think anyway, I think, I think, like I say, keep doing what you're doing. And I really appreciate you coming on AstroVision and uh, hopefully you can come on again soon and... I'm sending you lots of love and thank you again.